Friday night, Pete and Faz with you. No intro music necessary, and uh, even if it were, uh, we're, you're just not going to get it because uh, there is none. No gimmicks needed, no music necessary. Pete and Faz with you on a uh, beautiful uh, Friday night in uh, in June here, and uh, just as we were talking, Pete, things starting to feel a little bit uh, normal, and uh, while also having some Mets, like, positive, almost playoff-like vibes going, right? It just, I don't know. I, I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm so used to, sometimes we do these, and I have to get myself all worked up about different topics. I don't know. I'm fe- feeling pretty good tonight. Well, we're, we're recording this right after uh, the Met game Friday night. Uh, beat the Padres 3-2. Anytime you can beat a team like the Padres, yeah. uh, it, it's a big win. And uh, the, the crowd... I believe the capacity at City Field was up to 33,000. Uh, of course, you know, just because they allow a capacity of 33,000 doesn't mean you can put 33,000 yeah. in there uh, as far as social distancing rules and things like that. So I, I think you would just set it. I think they had 26 there. Yeah, that was the, uh, that was the, yeah, that was the recorded number. That 26 sounded like 55. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and they're going to be loud anytime uh, DeGrom's on the mound. They were tonight uh, playing against a good team in San Diego. The vibe was there. Uh, it was it was definitely it, – it sounded great. You, you made the comment before we went on the air or before we started recording this that it sounded like a playoff game. It did. Like Actually, here, I have some uh, evidence of that. So, so I, was, I was grabbing a few sound. So this was when DeGrom uh, – which you got to mean – well, right after I tweeted, I think I tweeted something like, "No, something." There's no what, what the hell did I put? No, uh, there's no more superlative. Whatever the hell I said, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Yeah. You know, what, 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 I said, uh, I th- "Oh, I said he's amazing." Running out of superlatives, and this was the video the Mets had put out of uh, it, it, he hit the single, two run single, and then uh, uh, the Mets were the fans were doing the uh, MVP chant, so. This was that. Of course, he got pulled like almost immediately after this because I'm the human mush. But right. <laughs> um, <laughs> naturally, that's all. That's all I was trying to say. I was trying to say that I completely mushed the the hell out of the situation. But yeah. Um. Here, this is. Uh, want me to want me to play this real quick? No, I don't want to. <laughs> gives, you know, so this gives a pretty good idea of where the, how the crowd was. Head on Degrom one and two, and he lines one to left field for a base hit. McKinney is in. Peraza being waved to him. He will score. Jacob DeGrom drives in a pair, and it's 3 nothing New York. And the MVP chance, I mean. That sounds like playoff. Right? I mean, that was like, uh, first of all, he crushed that ball. That, that, that pop, and I don't know if it was just the. My uh, my little board here, but Jesus, <laughs> that was a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, listen to this pop. Look at this. Uh, Hard-working inning for Snell. Oh, that was the follow. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, just crazy. Like you know, for years now, we we keep hearing about what a what a good hitter Jacob Degrom is, and how he can handle himself at the plate, and he's he's shown that. Uh, throughout his entire career, but he has really turned it on with the bat this year. Uh, he's hitting better than he ever has. Well, it's a, every time he takes a swing, he's making solid contact. 
it's really it's really something to see. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he absolutely has like an idea of what he's doing with his knowledge, just like flailing up there. And I right, I believe the number right now after today's start is that he has five RBIs and four against four earned runs as a pitcher. Like that's insanity. I don't even know that how like, like you know what I mean. Like I don't even know how to measure like or like we're kind of in uncharted territory here. And the Mets have had, you know, obviously we, we've discussed it before and many times over the years on this show. You know, historic pitchers from from Seaver to Doc Gooden to Pedro Martinez to Johan Santana, and I mean. He, and even Matt, you know, Matt Harvey had his run, which again w- was so like, and, you know, you saw kind of the, the the tail end, the downfall of it this week. Where the Mets lit him up, but you, you know, Harvey was such a you know big personality, and you know, kind of garnered so much attention. And Degrom is so understated, so that makes also makes it tricky too of how to like really characterize all of the, the, you know what I mean? How to sum all this up because he's not an egomaniac. He doesn't really talk about himself. He's very quiet. So it's a weird, you know, he's not like out there fist pumping and yelling like, right. I mean, I, I find myself like, it's just surreal. Like I just like, it feels like I'm in like, like hypnotized when I watch him. Cause it's, he's so locked in. I mean, he's throwing, you know, 101 on, like, at, at, for fun. I mean, right? I mean, like, what are you, like, what are you feeling when you watch this guy pitch? Like, I'm running, like, I don't, it's it's the weirdest feeling I've ever had watching a baseball player. There are no, there's no real adjective to describe it. it it's just, you know, we, we've been saying it for a long time that, that certain games and certain players make for appointment television. And Jacob DeGrom is absolutely appointment television. And, and you went through the list of the names. Tom Seaver, uh, Doc Gooden, Pedro Martinez, uh, uh, Johan Santana. Uh, these are pitchers. Uh, Matt Harvey. These are pitchers who you know, it, it was worth the price of admission. You know, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to go to the Met game because Johan Santana is on the Met. Or, or Doc Gooden's on the mound, and, and I want the opportunity to see this guy pitch live. And Jacob DeGrom, it's not, you, you, that's not what you say because he's just so far above and beyond that at this point. I, I would say for a couple years, you know, 2018, 2019, uh, you know, those are things you might say about him. Uh, he was having Cy Young years, and I, I just want to go see Jacob DeGrom pitch. And now it's just, I, I, I'm watching the greatest pitcher of his time. And you're going, that, so you're going that far. I well, of his and I'm not era, saying no, and I'm not saying that be like critical. I'm just, so so is, is like, is that where you're at at this point? That he's the best pitcher well, of, of I, his time. I think so. Yeah. No, uh, I, I don't think that's out of bounds. I I, I think he's. I mean, you know, if he's not there, he's certainly right there. You know what I mean? Like, it's a matter of, like, a semantics of, like, you know, he's at the point of, like, okay, is LeBron James or Jordan? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's – it's fair. It's a fair discussion at this point. And for the record, I actually do think Jordan is better all time, just to clear that up. But, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it, the discussion is valid for, for DeGrom. One of the things that, that I hate doing, I, I hate that greatest of all time question. Yeah. Uh, because – it's so hard to compare. It's so like, subjective. Yeah, it's so subjective. It, it's it's a different game than it was twenty to thirty years ago, 
it, it's again different competition. The game is played differently. It's called differently. It, it, it may as well be a totally different game in and of itself. But I would say that in in his in his time period, which I guess he broke in in 2014. So from 2014 to now. It, Jacob Degrom has is is the best of that group. Uh, I don't, I, I can't think of another pitcher that comes close. I mean, we can talk about guys that have had great years in those times, that have even had great careers in those times, and that you know the Garrett Coles and the Max Scherzers and the Verlanders and and the Madison Bumgarners. You know, all those guys have have been electric at times and have been appointment television at times and, and and some of the greatest that we've seen of, of, of that time period. But I think at this point, when you look at what Jacob DeGrom has done uh, this year more than any other, it, it's just, it, it's mind boggling the, the body of work that he has put together. There is, there is nobody on the planet that has, ever come close to putting this together and he's doing it in a time when they're trying to open up offense yeah. he's combating all of that it's it, it, it's incredible to see yeah and uh yeah it, it really i mean and that's uh, you're, you 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 know met fans or commentators talk show hosts whatever it may be you do you run out of ways to to talk about this guy and, and you know really sum up the greatness you're watching and um, you know, and again, and because he's not a big personality, I, I do feel like some of it is lost, you know what I mean? Cause he's not a self promoter and all the things I, I just described, but um, it certainly doesn't diminish what's happening right now. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where for me too, is that, you know, he, he's getting better. Like th- this, that's the scariest part for me is that like, like, you know, like, it's not like he's at the tail end, I don't think, or, you know, knock on wood, obviously health with a pitcher is always the thing. And he, and I mean, the other part of it is that he did come out, he's had, had some inflammation. So it's a constant kind of thing they're monitoring. That's the reason for the lower pitch counts, which I do understand. And, you know, I, I, there's a kind of Your p- fault. P- push and pull thing kind of right now, but your fault, your yeah, fault. my fault. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I did. I mushed it as soon as I, you know, wrote it, I, I should have just kept my mouth shut, but I got excited. I got, that's why I really, I, I, you know, I started geeking out fan wise, but um, you know, for me, uh, you know, you just watch I me mean, he, he's just toying with hitters right now. You know, it's not like he looks like he, it looks like he's just like really figuring it all out, you know, cause you remember he, he obviously was a shortstop and that is a part of the reason why he's a good hitter because he was a shortstop for, for a while. And so, but it, all these things kind of work hand in hand because because of that, it took him longer to really, you know, get into the prime prime, you know what I mean? Like, like now he has mastered being a pitcher and, but because he wasn't a pitcher his whole life, this is the good part is that now as he's like really on that elite, elite level, he doesn't have the wear and tear that a lot of guys who, who came up as pitchers have. So, you know what I mean? If they, if, and there was an article early this year and I got to send it, I don't know if you read it where, um, I forget the word him and his inner circle used like a late stage hall of famer. And he's trying the basically him and his people have like, you know, as they try to like map out what his the rest of his career in this run looks like he wants, you know, he, he's he does want to make the hall of fame. 
and they're modeling Randy Johnson, I guess, as they're like, you know, the, the, the pitcher, they're, they're modeling what he can do after, you know, Randy Johnson was a late bloomer in many ways. You know what I mean? And, uh, that's, I forget they used the, uh, um, was it a late stage hall of fame? They used this phrase, you know, be, but because he didn't have these hunt, you know, tons of innings early on in his twenties that it's just, it's a different, you know, it's a whole different kind of feel of, of how he's, uh, you know, developing. But that's the thing for me is just that he, as he's figuring it all out, is he's just getting better now. So, and he doesn't have that wear and tear on his arm. So that's the, like the kind of like, where you like, wow, this guy really could be the limit because I mean, he, he these guys, the, the Padres are a very good team. And I know their offense has struggled a bit, but they, they are a very good, like playoff, potentially world series type team. And he, they had no chance against him today. Like none, no. none. And that, that's what, that's what I saw tonight is that in front of a, a larger crowd than he's pitched in, in, in probably probably the largest crowd he's pitched in front of in, in almost two years, uh, in a, a big Friday night start against a very good San Diego Padre lineup. And there's a lot of guys in that lineup. I love Tatis. Can... Tatis is so good. And he just dominated them. He toyed with them. He shut him out. For did you say he degrominated them? Uh, I did not. I didn't. I didn't go with that. I don't know if that's trademarked, so I don't <laughs> feel right saying yeah. it. And we follow rules here at the Pete and Faz Show, right? He, the guy, gave up one hit over six innings, and it was like a cheap, you know, kind of a cheap hit, <laughs> like you know, against the the shift, you know, like Will Myers just like sold out on one to go to the opposite field, and you know, the, the sh- because they shifted, like you know, what I mean, it, like. I mean, he he just overpowered these guys tonight. It just it, it was so unbelievable to watch because just when you think he can't get any better, he goes and he does something like he did tonight. And and, and, and the San Diego Padre team, they're good. They can really hit, and 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 he just went out and and made them look like. Actually, he made them look like the Mets have looked. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like you know, like the look it had for me, <laughs> it looked like when a guy like Degrom goes on a rehab assignment and pitches against an A or or double A team. Like that's the, like the swings they were having against him looked like that to me, and that's no <laughs> insult to the Padres. I mean, anybody would look like that's how like that's how ridiculous the gap from again from my vantage point of what it looked like, the, the swings they were putting against him. Like, they had looked like a very, you know, a, a, you know a, a good to very good team looked like they had absolutely no prayer. He looked like Steve Nebraska pitching game one of the World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals after, after George Steinbrenner had the idea to bring him down from the roof in the helicopter and just struck everybody out. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> wait, you never what, what? Wait, what? what, what oh, Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I zoned out for a second. Yes, Brent, yeah. Brent yes, yes, yeah. Brendan Fraser. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, yes, I got you. I was like, Steve, I, I, I blanked for a second. I got you. That's what he looked like to me. Yeah. And it, and every day, what's his ERA sitting at? What was it? Point six two coming into the game, and then. Um, let me see. Let's see where he's at now. Uh, 
Imagine having a, a 0.4 ERA <laughs> and then lowering it. Yeah, it's, let's see. Yeah, it's 0. 0. 0.56. 0. 0.56. And a, and a 0.53 whip. <clears throat> I mean. Yeah, it's, it, like, it, it's like a video. Well, actually, Donovan Mitchell, who's actually having his own great run right now for the Utah Jazz, but he's a big Met fan, um, as, as I believe you would know. But uh, yeah. he uh, he said he said, bro, Jake isn't fair. I don't understand at Mets. I don't even do this stuff in MLB the show. Like that's you know what I mean. Like that's it's it is. It's like a video game at this point. He's toying with people. Yeah, and he, a lot of this is part of pitching. Is is you know you're you're using your head as, as well as your mechanics and. It feels like every time Jacob DeGrom steps on a baseball field, he's the smartest player on the field. And the the fastball getting up to 101, 102 miles an hour combined with that, it, it just – these hitters have no chance against him. I don't know where you go from here. Uh, the, the Mets are they're, – they're still going to need another starting pitcher. They're going to have to make a deal. Uh, with the news that came down this week about uh, Carlos Carrasco, yeah, I have, now, bad, I have a bad, I have that like Mets, like you know, you know the the, the feeling because I'm you have it too, where you, where it's like what we always talk about, like okay, like eight, you know, eight weeks from now he'll be still be throwing off flat ground, you know what I mean? Like I, I, it's like those things where it's like not like a defined injury and it just keeps lingering and lingering and lingering, and that's kind of where I feel like, like right now. It's feeling like Jed Lowry. Yeah, exactly. That's a fair, perfect example. Yes, Chad Lowry would. Yes, that's a, that's like the gold standard of, the, of what I'm saying. Yes, between Carrasco and uh, the news that came out last week or two weeks ago about Cindergard and that's getting pushed back, and David Peterson has not been good, and Joey Lucchese has been very inconsistent. Yeah. They're going to have to add at least one more starting pitcher. Yeah. And, and I don't know if they're able to do that. If you, if you have the opportunity, if you're the Mets and you have that opportunity, you have to strike. You cannot waste another year of dominance from Jacob DeGrom. Agreed. Um, and I, let's, I mean, while we're on that subject of the, 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 you know, the rest of the rotation, I mean, you know, yeah, it's Peterson not good and he's taking a step back. Um, but Strowman and, Taiwan Walker have been fantastic. I mean, really, Taiwan Walker, like, really has, like, you know, Stroman, I I had high expectations for, and he's just lived up to him. Walker, you know, he has the potential, but he's had some injury stuff, and, you know, I didn't know exactly, you know, guys off injuries, plus combined with with last year's craziness with COVID, I I didn't exactly know what to expect. You you know, let's put it this way. Like, I thought coming into the year that, like, the Mets would probably get more out of Carrasco than Taiwan Walker. You know, I mean, Carrasco I thought would be out the first month, but then he would come in and slip into like a, you know, two or three in the rotation. But man, Taiwan Walker has been lights out, and 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 also like a likable guy. Like like he adds a little like kind of toughness, good energy to the team as well as the Strowman. So like you know, I, like those guys not only have they they done it on on the mound, but I think they've added a little something to the team and, and like the, the camaraderie that we've talked about so often. Uh, I, I think those two guys are, are huge, you know, you know, huge parts of that. Well, it's always been the injuries that have held Taiwan Walker back. Uh, the, the ability was always there and, and we all knew this, 
but he was just he was hurt so often, and we've seen that so many different times, so many different people. The, the potential is there, but they just can't stay on the field. And we're starting to see now uh, what Taiwan Walker can give you when he can stay on the field. Uh, he's been terrific. Stroman is out there. He's pitching for a contract. Uh, he, he's been terrific. Um, one of my favorite things about Marcus Stroman is watching him in the field. Uh, Amazing. Last, last weekend, he kind of showboated a little bit on a throw to first and got, you know, the yeah, yeah, throw yeah, got I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It looked bad. That's one of those things where, you know, when you, when you start the showboating stuff, you know, that can only go so far before people start getting on you for that. But, you know, uh, I, I think he's such a good field. You know, for every nine, you know, for like nine out of ten times, you know, he has, has a little flair and usually it works out for him. You know, he is a gold glover. But, yeah, I know that play was came off a little bad. But, you know. It, uh, and, and, and Alonso should have come up with the ball. Yeah. Uh, but the, the fact is, if Stroman picks up the ball and throws it to first, the guy's out. But I think the, the uh, good with him outweighs the bad. And, you know, he's – and, and he really and, – and that's the thing, too. Yeah, I mean, he – because you know he's a little outspoken, uh, you know he has a he you know some people been on him a little bit, but I mean you could just tell the, the his teammates love him and he plays very hard. He plays the game with a certain flair, certain energy. And again, you you know we have talked for you know more than a decade now about the Mets, and you know usually the o- overriding theme of everything is the doom and gloom and the anxiety and the, the you know waiting for bad things to happen. I truthfully like having some guys like this, like that add a, you know, have a little presence to them. You know, yeah, you, you know what I mean? The, your, the critics are, are, are going to come out more, especially if, you know, because they, you know, can talk a little bit. But I, I, the thing for me is they all play hard. They play the game the right way, in, you know, in most instances. They are smart players, you know, for Walker, you know, you know, guys like Lindor, like, you know, they're like, I, I and, and they all like, act like good teammates. So that to me, you know, kind of supersedes anything else, uh, it, you know, in terms of that. They definitely seem to be enjoying each other's company. Uh, Marcus Stroman is despite, you know, and I'm, I'm getting on him a little bit for that throw. And in the end, it really didn't mean anything, but if, if something like that happens at a big spot in a playoff game, then I'm, I'm just going to kill him for it. But they, Marcus Stroman has pitched like an all-star this year. He's playing gold glove defense on the mound. Uh, These guys seem to be playing for each other. Uh, Lindor, for a little bit, looked like he was coming out of this season-long funk, and now it looks like he's right back into it. Uh, But again, and and it's the same M.O. with him as it's been since April. He is not hitting, but he's giving you everything he's eating. He's been great in the field. He's been apparently great in the clubhouse, other than arguing over. Yeah, a- well, yeah, it was just the, the raccoon. That was another Friday night thing that we recorded. Yeah, it was the squirrel or the raccoon. Uh, it, 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 he, he gives you everything else. Uh, the bat's going to have to come around. Uh, they are starting to get some guys back into the lineup. Uh, Alonzo's back, and he came back with Thunder. And, and Pilar is back, and he's been terrific. Um, it, it seems like uh, Jeff McNeil is around the corner. Yeah, I think Sunday uh, Sunday he starts a rehab assignment. 
it, it seems like Conforto is not far behind McNeil. Uh, they're saying possibly a rehab stint next week for Brandon Nimmo. Uh, so the, 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 the reinforcements are coming and they're, they're working on getting back. Uh, the story for the Mets this year is how unbelievable it's been through all of these injuries to maintain that spot in first place. Uh, the, the, the bench mob has come through for them and we've, we've seen a couple of them that are now, that are gone now. Uh, because the regulars are starting to come back, but these the the, the rest of the lineups going to have to come back. Uh, tonight was was game one of 33 games, 31 days, uh, which is which is a huge undertaking, especially if you have all these guys that are not available. Uh, they're going to have to come back. They're going to have to play well. Uh, and they're and they're gonna have to bring in another starting pitcher, yeah. and I I think especially with the way the rest of the division plays has been playing, uh, it, yeah. At that at the beginning of the season, I said that the Mets were were shooting for second place behind the Braves. I'm changing my tune a little bit now. Uh, the the Mets have maintained the first place with a with a minor league roster. Yeah, they, they should be able to maintain it then when, when all these guys come back. And we should be, you know, hopefully looking at some Met playoff games this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, it's not out of the, out of the realm of, uh, you know, reality to, to, to feel that way. I don't think so. And, uh, yeah, they, they've weathered the storm certainly. And, uh, you know, the, if, you're, if you're looking at it from an optimistic, ha- you know, glass half full, you know, type of view – you would like to believe, yeah, that they have held the fort down, given you know a lot of good experience and, and stuff to, to, to these to these bench guys, giving them a lot of good reps. Uh, while the you know like you said the reinforcements get set to, to come back, and you know you hopefully integrate it back in, and then hopefully a guy like Lindor gets hot as you know I, you know he he's a player who will, you know can get real hot, especially in the summer, uh, which I'm believing will happen but you know still he, he does need to get going more offensively no doubt uh but yeah I mean kudos to, to you know the guys like Kevin Pillar uh you know he's really given this team a jolt and then the guy we talked about through text uh Billy McKinney what a revelation he's been in the absence of, of Conforto and, and Nimmo my god I mean he uh he looks like a young Josh Hamilton <laughs> the way he's you know bashing the ball around great fielder Given good at bats, a lot of extra base hits. He, he got pop. Uh, Keith Hernandez was like drooling over, you know, his bat speed. Uh, he's been great. So you know, kudos to to, to Zach that Zach Scott and and Sandy Alderson for for bringing him aboard. So you know, what I mean, you, you, you that was a huge pickup, um, and he's really been a key guy that has helped kind of keep this thing together, especially offensively. The thing that that gets me about Billy McKinney is. They they got him for nothing. Uh, he was on the scrap heap. They got him for nothing. Yet he's one of these guys. He just he does not give away at that. Uh, he's never overmatched. He's always in the thick of every at that. You're you're waiting for him to come up and do something big. He's played very well in right field. How does somebody like a Billy McKinney? fall through the cracks to the point that the Mets 
can, you know, with, with everybody going on the IL, the Mets can go and just pick them up for nothing. That, I, I don't understand it. It shouldn't be that he's, he's way too talented for something like that. And listen, I, 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 we're singing the praises of Billy McKinney here. I, I don't want to uh, make it sound like I think he's the second coming. No, but he's but, been great. He's been very good. He's really played a huge role. And I mean, arguably, I mean, yeah, you know, he's not better than Francisco Lindor, but he has hit better than Francisco Lindor. I mean, you know, so in his time here. So he's been great. He's been great. Like he's been very good. Every, every Met rally, he's right in the middle of it. He is. It, it, it's mind-boggling when you can get a guy like that for nothing. Uh, he, I think he literally. just needed a change of scenery. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think the guy had potential. He was well-regarded. And I just think, you know, one of these things where I, 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 he was, you know, just wasn't working and got brought into the Mets. I think, again, I think there's just a good vibe going there. And I think he, he's able, he was able to kind of get a fresh start and an opportunity where he knew he was going to, you know, I, I think he, he knew him right off the jump that because of the injuries – he, you know, I'm not I sound like a spokesperson, but again, I'm just laying it out there. He knew he was going to get a decent amount of at bats and games in where he, you know, wasn't going to be a pinch hit here and this, you know, spot play. And I, I think he's just kind of just embraced the opportunity and you know just just jumped in and it's all just working. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not expecting him to be the linchpin of, of a pennant run, but certainly he's been more than useful. And again, getting these reps in, you know, in in key games here uh, can only help add depth. If you know, if he joins the bench mob when when Nimmo and Conforto and McNeil come back, uh, but just another solid, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to have a, a good left-handed bat off the bench, good pop, you know, good defensive guy player late in the game. I mean, you know, like like a, a guy you can put in. Uh, you know, for Dom Smith late in the game. So I, I just think a great, solid pickup and the, the type of pickup that, you know, good teams make. So uh, it's a nice thing to see for once with the Mets. <laughs> I think uh, Billy McKinney has earned the right uh, when, when these when the everyday players come back. Uh, Billy McKinney has earned the right to, to stay on the major league roster, uh, not get not be sent down to AAA like a lot of these guys are going to have to be. Uh, so I think you're going to see Billy McKinney coming off the bench in big spots, uh, spot starting probably in all three outfield positions. It's either going to be that or maybe, and and I, I would hate to see him go, but maybe Billy McKinney gets moved in a trade to bring in a starting pitcher. Maybe He has Absolutely increased his value around the league, and look, that's never bad. So we're, we're going to see what the Mets end up doing with him. Uh, I'm going to be saying it for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season that the, the Mets are going to have to bring in another starting pitcher by any means necessary. Uh, so we're going to see what happens with him. But whether whether he stays with this team or he gets moved. What what a revelation! What what a pleasant surprise uh, he's been for this team. No doubt. And uh, look, I mean, just overall, again, you know, there are definitely things that you know, like any team that that need to happen with this team, and uh, you know, things they need to clean up. And 
again, I think Lindor would be at the top of the list offensively. You know, there's a whole checklist of things where they can improve. And, and you know, pitching depth now is going to be an issue, as you said, with this condensed schedule over the next uh, month or so. So there are things, you know, there. this is a huge stretch here. But to be sitting in first place with all the things that have gone against this team uh, and all the injury stuff and everything else, um, you know, and w- without a lot of their key contributors contributing, uh, and then to add in the fact that having DeGrom pitch tonight with a rocking house at City Field, I mean, it's very easy to get excited about where things are headed and, you know, look, not perfect, but uh, just to have good, solid, you know, playoff-type baseball with fans again in the building. I mean, these are all things like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, really, it, it like it, it, like it feels, you know, if this were 2019, I probably wouldn't be as excited as I am now. Like it's, it feels like, you know, like something is, is brewing um, and, and things are coming together after, you know, again, between the Mets and just real life in general with, with coronavirus, it is just nice to be sitting here talking about these types of things and, being able to play audio with, you know, the crowd rocking and chanting MVP for DeGrom while he, you know, gives up one hit. I mean, these are all things that, you know, we've waited a long time to, to have happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good right now as a Met fan. I'm going to, I'm going to leave these, these two things right here. And because it's uh, 33 games in 31 days, uh, the first thing is after, uh, after DeGrom had to leave a little early tonight, uh, they need to pray that he does not miss any starts because they're going to need him to make every single one of them. And the other thing I'm going to say here is Luis Rojas uh, during the year, and, and we've talked about him in, in other episodes, uh, you know, whether we like the job he's done or hasn't done. And I go back and forth on Luis Rojas a lot. Uh, he cannot pull a a Joey Lucchese after three innings if he's thrown shutout ball he cannot pull Marcus Stroman after 75 pitches uh, if he's pitching well he's going to have to let or let these starters go deep into games uh, if, if you know as long as they're pitching well as long as they you know are, are on their game, uh, they're going to have to go deep in the games. You're going to have to save this bullpen as much as possible. The bullpen's been good, but you got to keep them as rested as you can. I'm going to say this one more time. It's 33 games in 31 days. Yeah, well, in the, the, you know, the pitching, the pitch counts and pitch innings, it's going to be a, like a, a thing, you know, a, a thing. Well, I think that's a fair way to characterize it. It's going to be a thing all year long because – I just and it, and it really I believe is the great wild card to the whole league because I don't think it's the unknown right now. Nobody knows how these pitchers are going to you know respond after last year's you know abbreviated season and where you know like where that sweet spot is of what's too much and what's too little. So I, I and I and I think it's a key issue because I I think it's you know that issue and how managers handle all of those things. Are, you know that's going to be one of the things that that decides probably a lot of the pennant races because it, how it, it's just it's going to be a lot of managing that's going to have to be going on you know both 
during games, you know, between starts. I mean, it's it, it's just always it's going to be a thing all year. I mean, really. And and yeah, I I, I uh, Luis Rojas can be a little trigger happy with the, the pitching changes, and I don't know, you know, that I believe that's more of the organizational thing. I think that's – I don't know if he has a whole heck of a lot of control over that. I think that's a Zach Scott-Sandy Alderson thing, in my opinion. Uh, but just how – you know, that issue, and not only for the Mets, for the whole league, is going to be a, a thing all year long because of last year's situation. Between DeGrom, Stroman, and Taiwan Walker, they're, they're, he's going to have to push him and give them the extra inning. I, I can't stress this enough. Uh, that those 33 games. I, I, I don't disagree with you, but it's, I, I don't. It's going to kill I, your bullpen. But I, I don't disagree with, with the sentiment of it. I don't. And I, and I do believe, you know, it's, it, it, you know, yeah, it, I, you'd like to see some of these guys get pushed a little bit. But I just think because, again, because of last year, you know, with, with COVID, and then add in the fact that you – the Mets don't have a ton of starting pitching depth at the moment. I, I think you're going to see them err more on the cautious side than, than what you're suggesting. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think that, again, just from what I've seen so far, and I could be wrong, uh, I, I just believe for, for at least the time being until if Carrasco ever does come back or, or Syndergaard comes back or if they do swing a trade, I think you're going to see them be more cautious than not because – and just because of the mere fact I, I – I believe they're happier with their bullpen depth right now than their rotation depth. So I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But I, I, I uh, you know, yes, I would like to see if a guy's going strong, let them just, you know, rip through the game, you know, or, or go seven, eight innings. But I don't know. I, I, I haven't if seen, I, evi- I haven't seen evidence of it yet. If I see Miguel Castro on the mound for like the third time in four games, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, you're done with Castro? <laughs> it's nothing against Castro. It's just he, he's the first one that, that came to my mind. If I see Miguel Castro for the third time in four games, or if I see Trevor May three out of four games, like the, these guys that he keeps going back to who, let's be honest, they've been struggling a little bit. I don't mind going back to a pitcher. You know, if he's been struggling, try and get him on the right track. But if you pull Marcus Stroman after six innings and 80 pitches and you give the ball to Castro again or to May again or to Aaron Loop again, I'm going to lose my mind. Let him go. Let him pitch. It's what he's there to do. (laughs) He's there to eat up innings. Let him eat the innings. No, I, look, I, I'm not disagreeing with with the with the sentiment. I'm just I I I don't see it happening yet. I I just I I think they're going to try to patch this all together. You know, over the I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. But I I I just thought I, right now his he's quick with the hook right now, and I and I but I don't even I don't think it's him. I I don't I don't think he has a lot of control over it. I, I just think I I just don't think he has a ton of control over the situation. I, I think I don't know. I, I think Zach Scott and and you know Alders and have way more control than Rojas does. I don't I don't know where those moves are coming from. It may very well be coming from the front office. Yeah. Uh, un, unfortunately for Luis Rojas, he he's the he's the manager. He's the guy in the dugout. Uh, when a pitching change has to be made, he's the guy that that's going to the mound to do it. So he's the one I see, and therefore, unfortunately for Luis yeah. Rojas, he's the bearer of my wrath. He's a lucky man. 
Usually, yeah. I'm usually I'm the only uh, bearer of the wrath, so I'm, I'm glad to have some company. There you go. You can share the load. Yeah. Well, so in, in addition to the Mets, all the excitement, other excitement, the, the Pete and Faz show returning to Long Island uh, the, the, this weekend. They're letting us back. Yeah, we're back on. Uh, yeah, we're uh, on the great WGBB. So we'll, what, what are we, 9 o'clock on Sunday night? 9 o'clock Sunday night. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for us before then, I'm sure you can find us at uh, the Outback or the <laughs> restaurant next door or any of the other. You may see me passed out at the Outback. Oh, that, that was a good meal last time. I, I know. Should we go? Th- I, it's funny. I, I suggested that I suggested Outback takeout to, to Jenna the other day. She she wasn't really feeling it. Uh, she's not a big onion fan, so and I can't resist the blooming onion. So uh, we, we kind of hit a little. Uh, little standoff uh, on that. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to the Outback. I don't know what you're feeling, but I, 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 I'm always down for it anyways, but I, I certainly, you know, been craving it a bit. Listen, I've, I've never turned back, turn, I've never turned down the Outback in my life. I, yeah. If that's an option on, on Sunday, I, I can't imagine uh, yeah. I would say no. All right. So, so yeah. So we'll, if uh, anybody would like to come get autographs or, you know, have a have a blooming onion with us. Uh, we'll probably be at the Outback on uh, Sunday we evening. Ask, we do ask though that if you are looking to meet us before the show, uh, just tweet us, um, and our intern Miles will get back to you. Um, yeah. There's yeah. a there's a proper time. We don't like to meet our fans as we're walking in or as we're leaving, or or as we're eating or as we're drinking. Uh, so it's it's got to be a very uh, Especially uh, place, time, Coordin- and location. Yeah, and you can coordinate with Miles. Miles is good at coordinating stuff like that. He's he's the best uh, at what he does. Yeah, um, he really is. He knows he knows when we like to meet our fans. Yeah, and especially you know you get you know you get into your you know you do all your prep prep work before the show and you get really locked in. So you know, it's, uh, my prep work. You get, you get you get mentally prepared for your show for the show, so I, you don't want anybody messing with your flow. Um, I, yeah, I think, yeah, my mental preparation is to fire <laughs> down a few cheese fries and a beer, and I'm ready to go. Uh God, no, that, that Outback was solid though. I was, I, I really did enjoy that. So. Listen, anywhere I can get, uh, oh, and they they had that. It was a soft. Mac and cheese bowl or something. Oh, yeah, that they had. yeah, yeah. Those things were good. That was good. Uh, they were, it was washed down very nicely with the Coors Light. I can't complain. Yeah, no, I, uh, uh, uh yeah, it went. It was that was solid. So yeah, if you're down for it, I mean, but it's you know the the time before we went to that pizza place and I, I the name escapes me. Uh, that place was pretty good too. Hmm. I think we're just we're gonna have to play it by ear. Uh, and see what we're in the mood for on the way. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll tweet it out though, so people know where to find us. Yeah, everybody can just coordinate with Miles. Um, <laughs> well, so just in, in you know, we uh, wanted to just mention this real quick too. Uh, this was another thing uh, as we kind of uh, go through some of the stuff that happened this week. Uh, the controversy, you know, so we talked about all the kind of, you know, good kumbaya Mets stuff. <laughs> Pete Alonso kind of put himself into the middle of, of a whole thing. For I mean, 
it was a firestorm started by Garrett Cole. So I guess I should start with his uh, quote first. So there's the setup here is that uh, the, you know, one of the controversies right now around baseball, again, with you mentioned before, the they're trying to get offense going more just as the league wide. There's so many strikeouts. There's a lot of different things, you know, factoring into that. So, you know, you have pitchers throwing harder than ever. You have hitters that are trying to hit home runs and, and, you know, taking these severe, you know, launch angle swings and it's, you know, leading to more strikeouts than ever in the game. So you have a lot of different kind of factors colliding here. And then be, now as, because they can measure the spin rate on pitches, they're, you know, pitchers have always used different substances to, to doctor up or grip the ball, whatever you want to call it, from pine tar. And then what, what's the new stuff now? Like Eric, um, uh, now that I just. With, with a T, tack or. Something tack. Uh, let's yeah. see. Stick it. Ray tack. Well, I don't remember. Let's see. Garrett. Uh, Eric, what, what, what was this stuff? Um, well, Josh Donaldson called out. Garrett Cole saying, this, this is going to make me crazy now. <laughs> I had this like in my head all week thinking about, I don't know. Oh, spider, Sp- spider tack. Yes. Yeah, spider tack. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Um, so, so Garrett Cole was asked about it because, uh, Josh Donaldson made some insinuations that Garrett Cole, you know, look, you know, was kind of, you know, a prominent user of it. We'll say, and Garrett Cole's answer though was just horrific. Like I don't know, like he just wasn't prepared to answer the question, and right. that, that that ended up opening up a whole other situation. So let me see. I'll, you, like, you could you no can respond, and I'll I'll see if I can find this quote from Garrett Cole. It, it sounded like he had no idea the question was coming, and he was he was called out by Josh Donaldson. He was called out on it by a couple other people. Uh, not for nothing, but I think it was the, either the day that he was called out on it or or his next start, whatever it was, but it was in that same time frame. And he goes out and he gives up five runs. So now, and now everybody's looking at him because now it's, you know, you, you were called out for this. Are you, are you not using it because you were, you know, you, 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 it was just brought into the limelight. Now you're giving up five runs. Does that mean you've been using it the whole time? Yeah. Does that mean it's solely responsible for your success? And and I don't know the answers to any well, of these questions. And here's but, a, here's Garrett Cole. You, you want, I'll play this over. This is Garrett Cole's answer. Which again, so his he just even if he like, I, I look. I mean, I have a few thoughts on it, but just the way he answered it sounded horrible. <laughs> like it sounded so sketchy how he answered this. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players, from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and uh, I've stood pretty, stood pretty firm in, in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Okay, so he's saying that he uses spider tack, right? I mean, like, right? I mean, what? what I, it was like I, gibberish. I think he was just—he was 
so afraid to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, when you start out a thing like that saying, I don't know how to answer this question, you should probably just shut up. Like, you, you know yeah. what I mean? You should probably just stop answering the question. Just hang up the phone. I mean, hang up. I, that was horrible. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, that's as bad as you could have answered the question. I think uh, <laughs> if, if we're going to continue, if I, if I mentioned, if I compared uh, – Oh, and this is really going to rile up Yankee fans, so I'm going to really enjoy this one. If if we compared Jacob DeGrom to Steve Nebraska before, then I think now I'm going to have to go ahead and compare Garrett Cole to uh, Ed Harris uh, from Major League. With the, <laughs> nice. With Chris yeah, go yeah. on his yeah, yeah. He adds like a few inches to his curveball. Yeah. Someday you will do. Uh, it just—he was asked the question, and I, do we give him credit for not denying it? I, I don't know how to how to handle this right well, now. So yeah, but so then you know, so then that kind of set off like okay, like something, you know, okay, something sketchy is going on. So then Pete Alonso ends up kind of getting it, you know, I, I, while Garrett Cole was getting skewered. Pete Alonso was then asked about it. Okay, as a hitter, basically, you know, like what, you know, you know, like how do you feel about it that pitchers are using it? Pete Alonso went into a whole other direction. Now, here, this is what this is. I don't care what they use. I mean, <laughs> for me, I use pine tar when I go to hit. I have a lizard skin. I have batting gloves. Like, I have the most advantage when it comes to holding skin? on my bat. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't care because on our on deck bag we have pine tar rag, a pine tar stick um like a like a special sticky spray rosin i mean you name it we have it i mean i wouldn't care if they had that behind the mound to help hold on to the ball because when we start getting into these hotter months guys start to sweat and let's say if they lose a fastball arm side i mean we all saw what happened to kevin polar and that's that's scary and we're lucky that he only got he only had a broken nose and i mean it could be a lot worse depending on um depending on where it hits a guy I mean, 100 mile an hour fastball. Even though you're wearing a helmet, that's that's scary. So I'd I'd rather have guys have as much stick as possible and focus on throwing the ball in the box as opposed to taking it away from them. So then, then this is the ball being different every single year with other sports. The then he, accused, the same, then he like said changing the baseballs, football, the MLB, tennis, golf, like balls the same. So I think that that's the that's the real issue with uh, the changing of the baseballs and. Maybe if they didn't, the league didn't change the baseball, pitchers wouldn't need to use as much sticky stuff. So that's kind of all over the map. And I think he's, he, he's leaving out one key point to all of this. And that's, you know, pine tar and all that stuff on the on deck circle. It's all currently legal. Uh, spider tack is not. Yeah. So it's very simple. If, if there's a pitcher who's using an illegal substance, that's a problem. Yeah. If there's a but I think he's saying, just, yeah, I know. I, I, that, that's what it comes down to for me. And, and I understand I, his yeah. point about, you know, yeah, I'd rather them be able to hold on to the ball. I don't want to get hit in the face with a hundred mile an hour fastball. I get it. Neither do I, but it, let's get real here. This stuff is illegal. You can't use it. And when Garrett Cole gets called out on it, and he doesn't really answer the question, it kind of harkens back to you, know, Jason Giambi apologizing, but not saying what he's apologizing for. 
or or Sammy Sosa suddenly forgetting how to speak English during a court hearing. Like these are, it's it, it again. It's what you said, what you said before. That that's a a very roundabout way for Garrett Cole to admit he's using spider tech. Yeah. So the the other part that I again, this is me reading between the lines of what Alonzo was saying. I, I my feeling is that he's saying that guys use it. it you know, like like there's things in baseball, and I think that's also what Garrett Cole was saying that like things are passed down. So while it's I guess technically illegal, it's just widely used. Because I feel like if Alonzo felt like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, he felt like it, A, gave pitchers a big advantage or only a couple guys were using it, I feel like he would have answered it differently. And maybe other hitters feel differently. Um, I, I felt like he he was almost saying that it's it's just used. It's one of those things. And he would rather have a pitcher who can, you know, control the ball. And, you know, he's kind of saying it doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, he, I felt like he was almost shrugging it off. Like it doesn't give that them that much of an advantage because he's using his oh. own things again. I, and that's just Pete Alonzo. Other hitters may feel differently. That's the sense I got that it's just like, okay, we all know it's used and whatever it is kind of what it is. And I, 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 so I think that the combination of their two answers, that's my deduction of it. And then I'll go a step further. When I think about the whole issue and I understand major league baseball, you know, they have, they've been trying to, get, you know, games more exciting, have more offense, you know, as especially as fans are coming back into it. So for me, I just think, I think more than the baseballs and the substances and all that stuff, I think, I just think it's more of a style of play thing that's going on. I think you just have hitters who are, are being taught to go for launch angles and are swinging out of their shoes trying to hit home runs. And I just think it, just in general, you have a lot of ball players who aren't good situational hitters Guys aren't, you know, what I mean, running as much and, and you know, and, and playing an exciting brand of baseball. I, I think, you know, look, maybe these things factor into it, the substances and all this other stuff. But I think more than anything, the the issue, you know, if we're looking at that and increasing the offense is just, you know, I just think you have kind of like, you, you know, it's a different style of ball player now in the majors than, say, 10 years ago. And that's, I think, you know, and just again, and now, adding the analytics and how some of these hitters are taught to, to hit and lift the ball. And, you know, and, and then also you have more shifting, which is taking away, you know, s- you know, some hits in the, inf- you know, I think those kinds of things are, you know, have a, are having a greater impact on how the game is being played than substances that pitchers are, are using. That's my thought on it. Well, that goes, that goes back to a little bit of what we were saying before. Uh, they're, they're always, Bad, uh, that 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 go through these these games, and it happens in every sport. And right now, uh, the big fad in in Major League Baseball is is the launch angle and the home runs and and the shifting and and all of that. And that's how the game is played right now. And whether you like it or you don't, and and me personally, I don't. But if you if if you don't if you're like me and you don't like it, you're going to be waiting a long time for the pendulum to swing back the other way, because this is taught, like you're saying, oh, yeah. this is very early. This is taught, you know, going back to high school for a lot of these players, and you know, if if, if they change the way they teach tomorrow, then you're looking at at least eight to ten years 
until for that pendulum to swing back and they go back to contact hitting and sacrifice bunts and going the other way and, and, and things like that. Uh, and, and I, I agree with you that the, uh, uh, that that style of play is affecting the game more than any uh, substance a pitcher has on his hand that he's putting on the ball. Uh, it, it, it's more, I agree, it's more the style of play. Uh, that being said, um, and it, it does sound like one of the things that Pete Alonzo is saying here is, yeah, you know, it's illegal, but everybody does it. And we expect that right. that's, and that's the, the vibe way. I got. That's the vibe I got from what he was saying. Well, then, you know, as far as I'm concerned, just legalize it then. Yeah, that, then, that's fair. Definitely. Let them play with it then. Yeah. If, if they're going to, if they've been using it forever and this is the game, let them play with it. I, it, it doesn't bother me. I've, I've always been of the opinion if it's illegal and you get caught, you should be punished. But if it's not that big a deal, then just legalize it, and who cares? Uh, that, and I think that would be the best solution to you know put that issue to bed. But it does seem like at least again, if you you know listen to news reports and, and rumors kind of circulating, is that um, it sounds like there there's going to be some crackdown on it and some whether it, it's umpires, I believe maybe check because that's the other thing too. Now you don't want all these delays in the game, which already between replays and everything else, you know, is is an, another issue in baseball separate from this is now, I think there might be some there, there it has it, nothing's official yet, but I mean, maybe some checks by the umpires at certain points, like twice a game for a pitcher, you know, starter. So which, look, which is also ridiculous because yeah. how, how many years, I think Nick Patrick re, NWO referee should check for the foreign <laughs> substances and check like in the knee pads, just to make sure everything's on the up yeah. and up. Check um, the knee, check the elbow pad. Yeah. For uh, any foreign objects, <laughs> right? Like, like Max or or, or as or or, uh, or Harris from from Major League. I mean, if he if he know he would know what to look for and where, you know, all these different substances. <laughs> so maybe he would be the most qualified person to to, to you know to, to have that job. So that's another thought as well. So this, this is this is more uh, uh, hypocritical stuff here for from Major League Baseball. Shocking! They, shocking! Right. Like, because we've never seen that before, uh, hypocrites in professional sports, uh, they want to speed up the game. And anything that slows down the game is bad. But they're going to stop it so they can check a pitcher twice a game, see if he has for, a foreign substance on him that these pitchers have apparently been using forever. And if you sound like, if, if, if anybody agrees with Pete Alonzo, if they share those opinions, then the hitters don't really even care. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I just think Major League Baseball just needs to get out of their own way and just like you, you, they're honestly, yeah, they're better off just making this stuff legal because if clearly everybody's using it, because I, I believe that if, if it was a big thing, if both of those, you know, those are two star players and I, it would just be answered differently if this was like a frowned upon thing. Clearly, you know, I mean, it's it's something that pitchers do use. And I don't, if Pete Alonso, I, I believe, you know, I, I think if it was a thing that hitters had, had an issue with, he would have answered that way differently. I could be wrong on that, but I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't think so. The, the Major League Baseball needs to stop like over policing and, you know what I mean? And just 
kind of focus on on more positive stuff and and you know different aspects of the game. And and again, I just and I just don't think like if we're dealing with if we're talking about root causes, I don't I think there are other things that are the root cause of the offensive outage. And and I think again, I think it's more to do with the style of play and 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 the launch angles and and stuff like that. But that's the thing. If this is how these players are being taught, there's not nothing that Major League Baseball can do. So that's the problem is that Major League Baseball wants more offense, but there's no fix that the league can do right now. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're like grasping at straws, trying to find a solution for a problem. And, you know, I mean, the, and the solution in this case does not, you know, fit that problem. So that's really where it's just this divide. Well, the- what they're trying to fix right now seems to be a, a meaningless issue in the game. Um, they could go and, and try and fix their, their broken replay system. That would be terrific. Yep. Uh, they're, they're talking about banning the shift, which I also think is dumb. But this is more about, you know, we want those, we want runs in the double digits. And, just get away from that. Baseball is a and has been, has always been, and will always be just a beautiful, relaxing sport. It's a game. It, it's a mind game. Is what it is, and that, yeah. that's not what professional baseball wants. They want they want offense. They want power. They want to see slugging. And I, I don't know, I, I guess making sure nobody has anything sticky on their hands will we'll make sure that happens. Well, and and, and, and and let's look at it this way. The, what we were talking about with the Mets with the pitching depth, it's an issue every team is going to deal with, especially now with these schedules condensing over the next two months. A lot of games, you know, I know the Mets, you know, every schedule is different, but the Mets are one example, a lot of games coming up. And and I, I would bet my life there's going to be some pitchers go who go down as, as the innings rack up so yep so this is a situation i believe if you're looking for more offense and you know and and hitters getting going i think the warmer weather pitchers hitting you know more you know hitting more into their inning threshold those are the types of things you know and and whether it's you know pitchers top tier pitchers getting hurt or having to be like you know shut down a little bit or or you know just just skip the turn here and there and obviously more mediocre pitching brought up in its place those are the things that are going to are going to even out the offensive situation that's my take on it maybe we should bring some spider tack to uh long island on yeah I'm just, just hold the mic and just i'm never gonna let it go i'm just gonna the mic right. is gonna be stuck to my hand so yeah i, oh, I, I just didn't, i didn't what i didn't use on the uh radio station i meant so that uh my teeth cries will never leave my hand <laughs> there you go <laughs> so yeah i just think in major league baseball their 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 organization like their their whole organization and executives they're just a mess from Manfred down like they're just they're always so far behind on every issue like just a disaster so this is another example and and I'm sure it's going to be some stupid fix and it's not going to do anything and I this is just something just leave it alone worry about yeah like you said worry about fixing things like the the like the replay system and actual major issues in the game and let this kind of sort itself out itself. Like, cause I believe it will, especially as the season drags on and you know, we, we, the pitching inning situation, you know, comes into greater focus. Cause that is going to definitely be an issue. I mean, even tonight, 
DeGrom left hopefully with not a serious thing. Max Scherzer was hurt. So, like, these are going to the, – the injury – and I'm not, not like I'm rooting for injuries right now because I don't think that's a good thing either. But I, I believe you will see this thing even in itself out a bit. I hope so. So – uh, all right, so I think I think that's a good place to kind of, right? I mean, I, I guess we'll just give a quick shout-out. The Nets and Islanders are rolling. Um, I feel like, you know, Sunday we'll give the Islanders maybe. I, I'm not, I feel like I'm not that qualified to talk about the Islanders situation, but we are on, we're going to be on Long Island, and uh, they're on a nice little run, right? I know. I know you're on to it either, so we'll figure out some kind of happy balance there, but. Uh, God, I hate the Islanders. Yeah, I know, but we're, uh, one, we're, right, we're right in the belly of the beast over there, so. Uh, we'd be one, one thing uh, I do want to say before we, uh, we we head off into the sunset here, uh, and I, I forgot to... Yeah, because the Islanders play 3 o'clock on Sunday, so... Yeah, thanks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, wanna, I forgot to text this to you uh, when we were talking about uh, uh, format for tonight, uh, but I do want to just say one thing that, you know, we did lose Jim Fossil the other day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yes, yes. What a what a shame it was that he never got another crack at becoming a head coach after he left the Giants. Um, just a, a a fiery guy, and I'll I'll always remember his uh, 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 prediction that the Giants were going to the playoffs, and then they made that they made that Super Bowl run uh, with him at the helm. Yep, um, I think he was seventy one, gone too soon. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, good call. That's right. Uh, and yeah, very sad. He was. I, I liked Fossil. He was a solid coach. And yeah, that team was a fun team. And he did obviously had yeah, the all in speech. Uh, you know, I'm all in. I'm throwing my chips to the middle. Of t- you know, he all yeah. that thing. Uh, definitely. So good, good call on that. And yeah, certainly uh, our condolences and and uh, hope he you know rest in peace and uh, send some love to the Fossil family. Very good, uh, good coach and uh, a, a good uh, key member of the Giants family. And Joe Judge, I know, spoke about him during the uh, mini camp this week. So uh, good stuff there. So, uh, all right. So good, uh, good discussion tonight, Petey. And uh, you know, hopefully the Mets can keep this thing going. Uh, Yankees still as boring as ever, and uh, that for some reason didn't play tonight because I think it was just so boring they didn't even play on a Friday night. So they play the weekend set. With the Phillies, and uh, we are back uh, nine o'clock Sunday night. The, the Pete and Faz show Sunday returns night. to Long Island right after the Islanders game. <laughs> uh, we will, uh, we'll, you know, after all the hoopla for the Islanders game, uh, the Pete and Faz show will roll into town and just uh, take names. So that's where we're uh, at. Listen in nine o'clock Sunday on uh, WGBB. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. And, uh, Maddie, I will, uh, I will see you on Sunday. Absolutely. Come visit us at the Outback uh, in, uh, in in Long Island. Clear, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta clear do, it with Miles. Yeah, you got to decide which one, but one of them in Long uh, yeah, Island. Be, that was great. The Outback in Long Island. <laughs> yeah, just oh. whatever. You can just figure out which one and just take a, take a stab at it. We'll, we'll, we'll see you there 730 or so. We'll see you at the Outback. So good night, everybody. Pete, to, great job. What's that? Reach out to Miles. He'll yeah. tell you where to go. Miles will, yeah. Miles will give you your next clue. Petey, great job as always, bud. And uh, we will, uh, yeah, check us uh, and yeah, check out Pete at Pete and Vaz, Twitter. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. I need like a, I need to make myself a little crib sheet for our the intro and uh, outros. I'm like, uh, by the time we go through all of our 
sports stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I'm out of like breath. <laughs> I don't know what I'm listen, saying. I, I don't even I'm, know what I'm saying anymore. I just want, I'm waiting for the day we have intro music. I know me. I'm, I'm going to surprise you. You'll, you will see. You will see. I, I just need something, uh, you know, that, that is up to the, the standards of, of somebody like yourself. So I'm working on it. Well, what I don't understand is you have a very close friend who's a musician who is not put anything together for it. I'll, uh, I'll, I know I, I can have him work up something. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. I'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, good job, Pete. Good. Uh, get some rest for Sunday. No spider tack in the studio and, uh, talk to everybody then. Peace out.